millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Saturday Night Livestream. Joining me in the studio tonight, a set of recurring guests and also someone here for the first time. First of all, Dr. Charles Bernardin. The returning Dr. Walter Doherty and Jen and Lori from Tally, Texas. And uh, get the machines out. I see Akira over there on pill.net says she's never heard of Tally, Texas, so this ought to be interesting. I'm sure that Lori and Jen will be happy to tell you how you can take part in their citizen advocacy and auditing of Texas elections. Obviously, electronic voting machines is uh, is key to make talking about that tonight. Dr. D and uh, Dr. Bernardin are going to have a couple of presentations for us. And like I said, Lori and Jen will be telling us about their efforts as well. So if you wouldn't mind, hit that like button as you come through the door. Make sure you share the show on your favorite social media platform. And without further ado, please sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. And we're going to be right back after a very special message from the sponsor of the program, which is my friends at My Patriot Supply. You guys. Right now, our world is changing in so many uncomfortable ways. If it's not natural disasters, man-made disasters, political and economic disasters, who knows what's next? But the bottom line is that you need to be prepared for anything that may happen at a moment's notice because most often you're not going to get a notice. It's not going to be a warning. This isn't a movie. There is no easy way to go about it. But the only way you can be prepared is to be smart and invest in something like emergency food from My Patriot Supply. You can go to my 
special website, preparewithredpill78.com. That link is in the description below. Right now, they're offering a deep discount on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They're going to give you 25% off, and it's actually the biggest discount they're offering, but it doesn't come along every day. It's not going to last forever, so don't pass it up. If you act right now, you can grab your 25% discount on each three-month kit that you need. Get one kit per person for your family so that you won't end up regretting it later on. Head on over to preparewithredpill78.com. Save 25% while supplies last. Preparewithredpill78.com. And without further ado, welcome the guests for tonight's panel, my friends Lori and Jen, Dr. D and Dr. Bernardin. Folks, how are you tonight? Lori and Jen, let's start with you. We're doing well. How are you, Zach? Excellent. So glad to have you back. Dr. D, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. How are you tonight? Doing well. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having us. As always, for sure. And uh, Dr. Bernardin, a pleasure to meet you for the first time. Thank you very much for joining us as well. Thank you for having me, Jack. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Lori and Jen, let's begin with you guys. What's new since the last time you were on the show? I understand you're going to be presenting at Mike Lindell's next election event. It's the election crimes event coming up in just a few short weeks. Yes, that's correct. Uh, He's got his third annual uh, summit at LindellEvent.com. And Dr. Doherty and I I will be presenting uh, a Texas update. I think uh, Dr. D will be on the on the first day as well. Uh, so pay attention. You're going to be there, correct, Zach? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Just in the middle of getting the hotel booked and everything. Okay. We uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> and I, Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Charles over there is going to be there as well. So we're going to look forward to seeing all of y'all in person very soon. Uh, we wanted to get the word out uh, right now. A call to action to all Texans. Uh, that you have the uh, opportunity to get handmarked paper ballots in the voting precinct in the upcoming constitutional election. Uh, right now in Texas, we have a, a paper ballot voting system. And so we're encouraging everybody to contact all of their uh, representatives at the county level and say that, hey, I've lost confidence. I want uh, paper ballots. And we have all that information on how to do that on tallytexas.org. Uh, and if you sign up for more information, we uh, we have an outreach director now that can contact uh, you and get you plugged in with others that are petitioning for uh, a paper ballot voting system. So uh, that's what we've been uh, working on. And uh, we also um, we also want to invite everybody to use the Tally Texas promo code. If you sign up on Lindell event.com dr d may have a promo code and others i know tina does too uh but you log on you get a free um free gift uh with with that so uh encourage everybody to do that and um yeah that's what's going on right now Yes. So for those of you who haven't already signed up using the code redpill78, make sure that you <laughs> use, the, use the Tally Texas code or Dr. D code. I don't care. I, all it's I care. Like code wars. It's literally everybody says code wars. I drop mine down. Somebody drops theirs under mine. So it's funny. Hilarious. 
all I care all I care about is that people are are there that people uh, that yeah. people show up and people get the information because I mean it's totally free uh, it, it, there's there's no reason not to be there uh, I would imagine that Mike is probably going to provide some sort of like archive after the event um, but I you know I think there's something to be said for being there live as it's being rolled out obviously there's going to be so many incredible speakers there but most importantly I, I'm excited to see what Mike is going to be presenting because I mean he's billing it as uh, a solution to fixing our election system. And, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, is the solution what we need? I, I tend to think so. It's never been thought of before. I is know. what I we have no I idea what it is. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask if you had just like a little clue or something. You know, we actually don't. We've <laughs> been Dr. D trying to brainstorm, but we just really don't know. Yeah, because we feel like we've tried a lot of things ourselves. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can't. We're, 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 we're road in with suspense. Well, Dr. D. They're keeping it very close to the vest. So uh, <laughs> you either need to go attend in person or you can watch it live. And then uh, eventually I'm sure that the archive will be posted as well. All right. <clears throat> and um, let's, uh, Lori and Jen, tell me just a little bit more about Tally Texas, just for anybody who has never seen you guys here on the show before. Uh, what exactly is your mission and, and what else are you doing? Uh, we solely work on getting the machines out of our elections and adopting the legal paper ballot voting system in Texas. So we educate voters, uh, Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians on how that they can get involved as volunteers in their elections. They can uh, become election investigators and audit their own records uh, and really equip them with everything that they need to effectively petition their representatives to adopt a secure and auditable voting system. And so one of the things that people, they just think that they have to use these machines. They think that that's the only way to vote because that's what their counties tell them. And in Texas, and I'm sure that's in most states, have basically something on the books that you can hand count right now that's legal, that is approved by the Secretary of State. So we're trying to teach people how to use that and in Texas, it's called the Chapter 65. That's where it is in the election code. So we call it the Chapter 65 method. So we're also teaching people how to do that and how to approach their counties with that information and show them how easy it is. Not because, rocket science. Yeah, I mean, easy. if we lose power, if our grid goes down, if we're under a cyber attack, any uh, any manner of things can happen in an election, you can still vote. You don't need the machines. We don't want them, but you also don't need them. Well, you know, one one thing that Lisa, my fiance, and I, we were talking about the other day is, you know, I mean, we vote with a paper ballot down here in Florida, but then when you turn the ballot in, they scan it into one of those uh, electronic machines, and then I'm certain that they have an electronic record, and that's what they end up tabulating later. Uh, are you saying that it's, like, slightly different in Texas? Like, they maintain that as a separate record, and they can go back and you can reference that? Or does that also get scanned in and there is some electronic methodology that's used? Well, we we're okay right now. Uh, there, right now, we have uh, eighty-nine counties operating a voting system does, that does not meet the standards of the law. Uh, that is the Secretary of State countywide convenience model, where a voter can vote anywhere and receive any ballot. Well, we're finding voters across Texas are being given the wrong ballot. The voting system does not prevent voters from voting on the wrong ballot. So these systems are generating unknowable and unrecoverable election results. So right now, our system is not auditable. Uh, when we move the voter in a 
regional voting precinct, and they are offered only one ballot style in that voting location, and only those 2,000 voters can receive that one ballot, then you can go back and audit that the voting system is doing what it's supposed to, and you know exactly how many people got the correct ballot and how many uh, didn't. So we have uh, Dr. D and um, Dr. B are going to go more into the technical aspects of how the systems are deficient in meeting very strict standards that Texas has. And uh, you can find those in Texas Election Code, Chapter 122. More information on tallytexas.org. You can also go to my Substack at Lori on a Farm. Uh, it's Texas Constitutionalist, and I lay out our petition to the Secretary of State and our complaint that we have filed and acknowledged the Secretary of State has acknowledged that they have received our complaint. Uh, and there's also uh, Travis County Attorney Bill Elshire has filed a complaint or more of a petition to the Secretary of State to bring these systems up to the standards of the law. So, um, But to answer your question, what we're proposing has no machines at all. You do not have those scanners, tabulators, none of that. You don't need that. It's like old school pencil and a paper, and then you have human beings tallying the actual votes. And I mean, then that that just seems like the logical thing to do. I, I know that they always try to offer this argument that like, oh, you know, the manpower, you know, that we'd have to pay these people all this money to stand around and count. But good Lord, I mean, how many millions of dollars are they spending on those tabulators and, and, and the voting machines or, or the Dominion or ESNS representatives that have to come out and run uh, this infrastructure? And, and, and then, like you said, when something goes wrong, we have no way of knowing what the heck is actually happening because everything is compromised. That's right. Yes. It's very frustrating. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a problem. Very, it's very frustrating. But we we think that um, that confidence can be restored to Texas elections. Uh, we think that once we, uh, add, I mean, the more we grow, we have so many counties across Texas that are looking at their election records. And the commissioners, most of them just don't know. They're being told by these, you know, these yeah, saying, oh, everything's great. Everything, this is supposed to how it's supposed to work. But now that we're educating them and saying, hey, these are the 10 voting system standards that, that these systems must meet. It's on and you. they don't. Yeah, and they, they don't. They don't meet them. And so they're adopting illegal voting systems to conduct our elections unknowingly in some cases. Yeah. But now that we're, we're putting them on notice that, hey, if you're going to adopt these insecurable and unaudible voting systems, then we, the people, are going to hold you accountable for it. See, that's this a- is a good part of the information that uh, Tally Texas and other groups are spreading. And that is that elected county officials have full authority. To determine yes. the time, place, and manner of elections, but a lot of them just don't know it because they have hired an election administrator who then gets advice from the Secretary of State, but they don't have any authority. So this is the beauty of our federal system is that elected county officials, they're called county commissioners here in Texas mm-hmm. and Arkansas. They're called the Quorum Court of Justices of the Peace. In Arizona, they're the Board of Supervisors. But it's basically the elected officials who manage the affairs of, of the county only answer to three things. The voters in the county who elected them, the state constitution, and the U.S. Constitution. They don't have to ask the Secretary of State whether they can run an election or not. 
If the power goes out for the first two hours, they don't have to ask the governor if they can stay open two more hours at the end of the day to accommodate people who didn't get a chance to vote when the power was out the the first two hours of the day. So part of this education is just uh, teaching the county officials that they do have the authority to manage the elections, including the choice of counting hand-marked hand paper of counting by hand, hand-marked paper ballots, or of using machines, or of using some combination. So, Dr. D., let me ask you this, because um, you know, that's uh, that's interesting uh, that you note that the secretaries of state don't have this direct control over the elections, because a number of them act as if they do. And if you take a look at Colorado, what happened to Tina Peters, Jenna Griswold came in like... Uh, I don't know, Pol Pot basically and rounded her up. And, you know, I mean, she, they, yeah, they, she, she used her employees against her. They charged her with all these felonies. She was just on the show again last week. And so we were talking about it. It's fresh in my mind. But is there, do you know if there's something different about the, the situation in, in, uh, in Colorado or did Jenna Griswold just act as a gross abuse of power? Well, that's something the courts are going to have to figure out. But, sure. uh, the, way she has been treated is is outrageous and shocking it's just uh incredible and i want to point out that she was not indicted for making a backup of her system this is just good basic computer hygiene certainly i mean would you keep your money in a bank that didn't make backups what if there was a fire or tornado how would they know that you had $72.37 in your account if they didn't have a backup? Yeah. So she made a backup when Dominion and the Secretary of State said, we're going to erase your machine and delete all the election records before the time is up on them. So she was doing the right thing to make a backup, and at least they realized that they couldn't accuse her of a crime for doing that. Well, yeah, they charged her with like uh, uh, identity theft or something stupid like that or impersonating another person because she had some uh, IT professional come in and get into the system for I don't know. Either way, the the whole thing is uh, is a railroad. Uh, Now, uh, Jen and Lori, in in the instance uh, you mentioned that the secretary of state has uh, responded to you guys. And I know that shortly after, well, just shortly before you guys were on the last time, they had just removed Attorney General Ken Paxton uh, from his position. Um, Do we have any updates uh, in that regard? Because I I believe that Ken was kind of an ally for you guys in state government. And I'm interested to know what the secretary of state has to say about your efforts as well. Well, we now, uh, you know, it's there's no doubt that they had been um, threatening him and uh, blackmailing him, probably holding this all over his head uh, beforehand. And um, I'm hoping after this gets cleared up, he just filed a um, he just filed a suit for a it's called a quash. Dr. D, you probably read more about this. I had never heard about quashing, but basically saying that um, all the articles that were brought against him were too vague they just uh it was like throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this and that's not allowed and so uh it's interesting i would not count him out and i hope when he uh overcomes this and comes back that he will join with us to get handmarked paper ballots in texas uh because the ag it's our understanding the ag could determine and, and issue an opinion on the constitutionality of the electronic voting systems and whether or not they can be secured uh, properly, all the experts. I'm talking liberal, 
Republican, conservative, all the experts across the board say that it is impossible to secure these systems. Well, yeah, so I mean, when you for, <laughs> for that reason, I mean, it's all the mo- all the more reason for them to have attempted to get rid of Ken altogether and make sure That's that right. he, he can't have any type of uh, decision making authority in longer. Yeah, he's one of one of the only AGs that's actually fighting for citizens to be able to audit their elections. And that was what he was doing for us in Williamson County. When we were trying to get our records from Williamson County, they denied us and took Ken Paxton to court. That was our case. And um, in blue Travis County judge. But they got up there. One of the things we went to the went to the courthouse and we were listening to this and we were sitting back there going, if these people, none of these people even know what they're talking about. None of them. None of them. None nobody of the attorneys, knows. Not the, nobody from the AG, nobody we from the election department. And they were talking like we were trying to open up ballot boxes and with get a people. crowbar, you know, in the dark <laughs> night or something. We were back we there were... like, we want digital images. Like they just like, acted like we were trying to yeah. rifle through ballots. It was really weird. It had nothing um, to do with what we were even asking for. Yeah. It so was, they're going to appeal it. But, yeah. But it doesn't matter where it's at yeah. right now. That's that's another tactic that they use, though, as well. I mean, to, to obfuscate and kind of confuse, mix metaphors, if you will, yeah. uh, and, uh, and and you know, pretend that you're asking for one thing, but you're actually attempting to do something totally different. Um, real quick, yeah. and this might be for you, Dr. D. My mom says, uh, how do you assure the human count is accurate? Mom, I'm assuming that you mean... Like, uh, like when they have like the number of ballots, I mean, in, in, uh, in most instances, instances, wouldn't they just be able to compare it to the list of registered voters? Is, is, is there some other way to do it? Well, that's certainly the check on the number of ballots. You yeah. don't want to have more votes than voters, which is what we have in a lot of elections right, right. now. Right. But more to the point of the accuracy uh, Lori and Jen can describe the process, but basically when you're counting by hand, the caller holds up a ballot and says, I see one vote for candidate A, and the Republican observer is looking over their shoulder and says, I see one vote for candidate A, and the Democrat observer looks over their shoulder and says, I see one vote for candidate A, and then they mark down one vote for candidate A, so it's got an immediate triple check on whether the ballot was called correctly. So, Lori, fill fill the rest in on how that process works. Yeah, so we had um, uh, Texas Secretary of State has all the forms for our paper ballot voting system on a political subdivision index on their website. And so you can download the tally sheet with instructions. It's got an instruction sheet that's attached with it, and it's also in tallytexas.org. And we had three tallyers in this instance, and we were, uh, it wasn't for a recount. This was for um, election day in person. You can start tallying one hour after the election begins or after 10 ballots are in the box. Uh, But you could start, you can have a tally team starting uh, election day in the morning on early voting in person ballots. And then, um, and you have that team and really everybody in the voting precinct is trained to do all the jobs. So if you have a team of 10 in every voting precinct and all of them are trained to tally, to call, uh, to check in, to to do all the things, um, they uh, some friends of ours that have been in election administration for many years said they never had a problem. They never had a problem counting. If they had to go a little later, there was nothing wrong with them going later, uh, that this wasn't an issue. This isn't why the machines uh, were brought in. This was an incremental uh, change while a disenfranchised public, you know, 
lost interest in understanding of how their elections work. Fredericksburg, Texas, the city is counting, they, they do paper, just like that, the tally method, and they can do 300 ballots an hour. So that's pretty good. And they've been doing it since human beings. Yeah. Since the beginning of, you know, they can remember they've done handmarked paper ballots in the voting precinct and they use chapter 65 method to tally them. So this is a um, signed into law. This has been in Texas since the 1800s um, and every single county in Texas right now uh, can adopt chapter 65 for the upcoming election. Um, and, and this is a doable thing. If the election administrators can't do it, then they need to be replaced with somebody that can. It's not rocket science. And Zach, I, yes. I wanted to interject here. Please. The Manhattan, the Manhattan Project had a similar problem when the computers couldn't do significant uh, enough multiplications and uh, divisions and computations. So they had teams of people uh, doing this, and they they just make sure that four out of five agreed with the right number, and they were able to design an atom bomb. We're not designing an atom bomb here. We're just counting, you know? So it's very easy to, to we can factor count. It. And, and Tally Texas has their own tally sheet. Everybody can count. Yes. <laughs> and, and the tally method Why is... Don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to assume uh, nowadays. Yeah, I think there's plenty of people out there who probably don't know what they're doing at a basic mathematical level, but we'll say most. People should understand their voting system. Yes, you would they think certainly so. don't understand the complexity of machine votes. I mean, you need a degree, and even then, it's difficult. Yeah. So how about this? Has anybody thought to put together, like, a budget so that you can compare, like, hey, this is how much it would cost for, you know, 10 humans to count one election in a 24 to 48 hour period. Here is how much it's costing you currently using these machines. And it's taking you weeks and you have all of these specialists coming in from these various election companies. Uh, I mean, that seems like, you know, it, it, that would be a pretty easy way to get the, uh, uh, the process across to somebody. I mean, not only is it like faster, it's also simpler. <laughs> uh, it's easier to check. It costs less money. Yeah. We have a fiscal impact statement that several counties are working on. They've got with the uh, city of Fredericksburg and Glasscock County, which both use the chapter 65 method and are creating a fiscal impact statement. We should have it at the Kirk County. Um, there is an upcoming on August 22nd, Kirk County commissioner, Rich Paces uh, is leading Texas as one of the top commissioners uh, seeking election security. And he's going to have a big event with Chip Roy, um, Bob Hall, hopefully, Senator. yep, Senator Bob Hall, um, and inviting other representatives and commissioners to come in and hear uh, experts like Dr. D, uh, Mark Cook, and some others. Uh, give and Tina Peters is going to be there, um, so they're going to have this event, and um, we're going to have a fiscal impact statement and show in Kerr County uh, what it's going to cost without electronics in each of the voting precincts. And so, uh, I think everybody's going to be shocked at how much money. Counties can save by just using the Texas tally method. We're going to show them also. Yeah, we're going to do, do it. it. Yeah, we're going to do a demonstration, live yeah, demonstration. How easy it is. Yeah. Well, I just I think it's such a good way to get <clears throat> the full complement of this idea across, because, you know, especially not only to our elected officials, but I mean, to give to the public so that they can understand, you know, we, people already think our election system is messed up. You know, people already know that we are in a bad spot financially. So why don't we fix 
two birds with one stone, kill them both, get rid of the election system problems, uh, get rid of our financial problems. Everybody else across the board in the United States is being asked to tighten their belts. You know, we're spending more money on gas, more money on groceries, more money on, you know, all types of consumables. Uh, and then at the same time, our government continues to spend more and more money without ever having to be held accountable for it. So I don't know, it just seems super simple for me. Uh, real quick over here, also on Rumble, Fredo said, uh, hey, Zach, can you forward this donation to Dr. D? It sounded like he only had seventy two thirty seven in his bank account. I kid. That's a great show. Thank you very much. All right. So, so Dr. D and Dr. B, uh, you guys both had prepared uh, some slides. And so I think we should probably transition over to you, Dr. D, uh, to talk about uh, the more technical aspects of why we simply cannot allow this to go on in the way that it has for so long. Right. Well, if you pull up the first slide, this is a, a summary of reasons that I think voting machines need to go. So a lot of times people say, well, you taught computer science for many years. You must believe in computers and think they ought to be used for everything. No, it's because I taught computer science for many years that I don't think computers should be used for everything, specifically because they are vulnerable. So can you pull up the first slide for me? I've actually got it, but I uh, don't have it so that you can see it. Hold on just a second. Let me. Oh, all right. Let me if change. If can see it, that's yes. good enough. Yes, they I'll can. Just... Yeah. Okay, great. So there's a URL at the top if people would like to get more detail of, about this. But basically, here are six reasons that voting machines must go. And this is not an exhaustive list. You've already mentioned another one, which is expense. Mm-hmm. They are expensive. Not only do you buy or lease the machines, but you have a service contract, a maintenance contract, preparation of ballot styles. All of that is a cost. But bottom line for me is what is it worth to have an honest election? Whatever it takes. Oh, yeah. Because if we don't have honest elections, we don't have a country. Amen. So the voting machines... The first reason that they need to go is because they're not transparent. So the process that Lori and Jen just described of human beings looking at ballots, checking each other's work, checking each other's count is almost 100 percent transparent. The voting machines we have now are basically black boxes. Ballots go in and numbers come out and you have no idea what happened in between. Was your vote counted? Was it ignored? Was it flipped? All you know is ballots go in and numbers come out. They're not transparent. They're not accurate either. So one obvious requirement is you don't want to count counterfeit ballots. So when you go to deposit a stack of bills in the bank, they don't just take your word for it. They check to see that those aren't counterfeit bills before they give you credit for them. And I have evidence that has been presented publicly on both Dominion machines in Arizona and ESNS machines, which about half of Texas uses in Alabama, where the machines accepted and counted counterfeit ballots. So if they accept and count counterfeit ballots, the results aren't accurate. They're not accountable. So to the best of my knowledge, No independent expert has ever been allowed to examine the source code for 
any of the voting systems. Dr. D, how ironic is it that you found that these machines uh, were perfectly willing and able to count counterfeit ballots, but on Election Day in 2022 in Arizona, Maricopa County, we couldn't get them to count real ballots, actual ballots printed by the, uh, the county itself. How funny is that? Well, there's a story there. Yes. Uh, and the short version of it is that they had been using a 19-inch ballot, but in 2022, because there were more races and questions or bond issues or something, they had to go to a 20-inch ballot. And on some number of ballots, probably more than the margin of victory, the printer took the 20-inch image and shrank it to a 19-inch image and then printed it on 20-inch paper. Mm-hmm. Well, to the naked eye, if you put those two ballots side by side, hey, they both look like a ballot. But the computer scanner is very particular and mm-hmm. very precise, and it has a row of timing marks that frame it to line up where the bubble is. It's on row 17, column 3. That's the bubble for Kerry Lake. and. Mm-hmm. Row 19, column 3, is the bubble for Katie Hobbs. And if those timing marks are 5% too small, which they were on a large number of ballots, it says, I can't scan it. So the voter was given several choices. You can spoil the ballot, go get a new ballot, try again. Or you can spoil the ballot, check out, and go to another voting center and try to vote there. Or you can drop it in door three, and our helpful staff will scan it for you later. (laughs) Well, guess what? If the timing marks are too small, Central Count Scanner can't scan it either. So that's a big mess in uh, Maricopa County. Then the signature verification, my estimate, based on the number of mismatched signatures that were accepted in 2020, projected to 2022, is at least 120,000 mismatched signatures on mail-in envelopes were accepted and counted anyway. So some of them, the name on the registration card was John Jones and the signature was Susie Smith, and they Mm -hmm. said, yep, matches, count it. Some of them, it was a perfectly legible signature on the voter registration card, and on the ballot envelope, it was scribble, scribble, scribble. Mm -hmm. It matches, count it. So it's a big mess. No, that that video that came out of the signature verification employees just hitting the return button over and over and over again. Pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, there was no attempt there. They didn't care. Somebody clearly wanted to get as many ballots through as they possibly could. All right. All right. That's right. And then the next three points are the hardware, software and network are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So. Most of the hardware components and computers these days are made in China. Some are made in other South and East Asian countries. But over and over, uh, researchers and the Department of Defense have detected spy chips embedded in motherboards like the Supermicro motherboard. They even uh, found a Wi-Fi chip that was embedded in the end of a USB plug. So you get a new USB keyboard and it's got a cable and then you've got to plug it in. Inside this little plug, there was a Wi-Fi chip. Wow. So the hardware is vulnerable. The software is vulnerable. I'll say a little more about that on the next slide. And then 
uh, Dr. Bernardin has a lot to say about the network. Okay. All right. So on page two here from uh, Mesa Report 3, it says at the top. That's right. So I know it's small, but I'll tell you what's on the two pictures. On the left-hand side, this is what Dominion says is in the server. So the state of Colorado uses only Dominion. Dominion did not pass the test in Texas, and so it's not certified to be used in Texas. And on the strength of that, other states like Maryland said, well, if it doesn't pass the test in Texas, we won't even bother, and we're not going to consider Dominion in in Maryland. But on the left, you see at the top that there's a folder of scanned ballots coming in, and then there are three databases below that. Databases basically just a souped-up spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So you can think of it as a filing cabinet that has a bunch of drawers, and each drawer has a bunch of folders, and each folder has a bunch of spreadsheets, but they're smart spreadsheets. One spreadsheet can say, go look in drawer three, folder seven, column X to get the number that goes here. So that's what a database is. So the first database is the tabulation database. The second one is the adjudication database. So if bubbles are unambiguous one bubble is completely filled in the other bubble is completely blank the computer can tell who they voted for but if there's a little bit of black in both bubbles or worst case they're both exactly halfway filled in or exactly all the way filled in it will first kick it out to a human to review if the human can determine the voter's intent they will in mark that uh in in the computer if they can't that's an overvote don't count that race. Go ahead and count the rest of the ballot. And then the counts are put in the election results database at the bottom. That's what Dominion says is in the server. Now, you remember I said that voting machines are not transparent. They're a black box. In Mesa County, Colorado, thanks to Tina Peters making a forensic ballot, we got to lift the lid. And when we lifted the lid, then the first person that got to examine that was Jeffrey O'Donnell, who's a database expert, and he found something uh, very disturbing that the picture on the right, there was not one tabulation database, but two, and not one adjudication, but two. So what happened in both November 2020 and April 2021 Grand Junction Municipal Election is after about a fourth of the votes were counted, a second set of databases was created, and some but not all ballots were transferred, and then the election proceeded. This should never have happened. And what it did, besides break the chain of custody on the ballots that were left behind, it made the final results undeterminable. So in the case of the city council election, the winning margin was 3,000 votes, but there were 8,000 votes with no chain of, with a broken chain of custody. So, Zach, you're running for city council, and I say, you won by 3,000 plus or minus 8,000 votes. What did I just tell you? <laughs> you just told we me I didn't no really win. Won election. We, no. need to have a new, we need to have a new election. Mm. And if you want to see the full report, the URL is there at the top, tinyurl.com slash mesa-report-3. Excellent. So how did these unauthorized databases get created? Let's go to the next slide. Okay. How to subvert a computer. All right. Any computer expert will tell you, given enough time and access, every computer is hackable. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Navy has a red team, and that's their job. Hack government computers. 
Sometimes it's on request. Social Security Administration will say, hey, come see if you can break into our website. Sometimes they get an assignment. Uh, Go see if you can hack into this uh, uh, computer. They have a 100% success rate. They've never failed to break into a government computer. Our Department of Homeland Security has an agency called CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that was itself hacked for 10 months by SolarWinds and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. It was a private company that informed the government agency that's supposed to keep computers safe that they had been hacked. So what are the three most common ways to subvert a computer? One is local access. Someone sits down at the keyboard in front of the computer and types something they shouldn't be typing. And that modifies what the computer's results are. Second way is remote access. And if there's any kind of network connection, whether it's Wi-Fi, cellular modem, hardwired network, Bluetooth, near-field communication, uh, power line uh, connection, there are there's a large number of ways that there can be a network uh, connection. Then again, a remote bad actor anywhere in the mer- world can enter commands that would make the computer do something that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Third most common way that a computer program would be subverted is it was pre-programmed. So someone said, for example, Volkswagen, you remember... Uh, programmed their emissions control computer to check to see if a government testing machine was plugged in. Uh And if the testing machine was plugged in, then it would keep the pollution levels down so it would pass. But if the testing machine wasn't plugged in, the program said, then, hey, rev it up. We want more performance. Who cares about pollution? (laughs) So it's the last programmer who wins. So I can write the, f- the perfect program, but if someone manages to insert a virus or malware into the computer, there's another program that changes the program. It's going to do what the last programmer does. So that is what Jeffrey O'Donnell and I thought was most likely in Mesa County, Colorado, for a number of reasons, that the local staff did not have the database skills to know the commands to manipulate it, it would be difficult for a remote actor to monitor it so carefully that right at 25%, they would copy 80% of those votes to a second set of databases. It's possible, but we thought on balance it was most likely that it was pre-programmed to do that. So uh, people are just beginning to be aware that there are other ways that the hardware is vulnerable. So... uh are you guys still there? I think everybody just locked go. I, I lost you for a second. I think that uh, we had an issue with the internet real quickly. Rhea, before we go to the next slide, let me just say, uh, you know, clearly the 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 issue of pre-programming these machines to have inherent vulnerabilities that can be exploited, I think, is the number one uh, security scenario that we need to be worried about. And it's probably why they won't allow people to take a look under the hood, because if you do, obviously you guys were able to find out pretty quickly, oh, hey, you know, the, these extra databases 
exist. They shouldn't exist there. Um, and then, but the problem is that they, they've got all of them that they're working on. I mean, you've clearly got, you've had Dominion employees on site uh, sticking USB drives into machines, you know, at opportune times. That was caught on video. I don't even remember where. Uh, you've also found uh, uh, various levels of remote access on all of these uh, different types of machines, you know, having cellular modems when they're not supposed to, having Wi-Fi connections when they're not supposed to. Uh, and then uh, there was uh, an instance with a, a company, a Chinese company, several months back uh, where uh, detailed blueprints and schematics showing kind of uh, uh, the network mapping of these facilities were on their servers. So it would allow them to take the shortest possible route to go from, like, say, the copy machine at the front of the building to the tally machine at the back of the building. Uh, so, yeah, all of them are a big problem. And we can get rid of all of them if we just go to the paper ballots, can't we? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, if you'll go to the next slide, mm-hmm. here's a, a new bit of information that people are just beginning to become aware of is the permanently open back door. So all of the major servers, whether it's Dell or Hewlett Packard, which uh, the big three companies use, have a permanently open back door for software updates. And the legitimate purpose for this is to do massive updates. So if a bank has 10,000 computers in their branches around the country, they don't want to make 10,000 phone calls and say, be sure to leave your computer on at 3 a.m. so we can install the new version of the payroll program because the tax law just changed. They want to be able to do that directly. So on Dell servers, it's called DRAC. The D is for Dell, Remote Access uh, Control, and iDRAC is integrated on the motherboard. On Hewlett-Packard, it's called ILO, Integrated Lights Out. It provides remote access to everything on the computer, including the disks, even when the main CPU is powered down. So when you punch the off button on your computer, that turns off the operating system, Windows or whatever, and it turns off the main CPU, but there is a second CPU for the remote access that stays on as long as the cord is plugged in. And so it's just listening for commands. And when a command comes in that says, show me something on that disk, or I want to change something on that disk, it doesn't even have to start the main computer or the main operating system to do that. You know what's interesting is that This is also a technique that's used by intelligence agencies. Uh, Several years ago, the CIA had uh, a series of exploits that leaked out onto the Internet called uh, Vault 7. And it turns out that in basically everybody's computer, everybody's phone, they have coded in these back doors, uh, you know, at the behest of the intelligence agencies working with these various companies and then also just creating their own exploits, which allow them to go in, uh, do whatever they want. They can turn on your microphone. They can turn on your camera, whatever it might be. And then also, I'm sure they could go ahead and flip votes. Uh, It would be very handy in uh, foreign elections or in even local elections. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to wrap up here. If you want to put up the next slide, I occasionally post on Telegram as Dr. underscore D underscore presents or on Rumble at W. Doherty. But uh, he's the one that has been digging into the cellular modem network. So cellular modems were found in Michigan inside the DS-200 tabulators that the SNS 
uh, tabulators that were used there. And the reason they found them is because Verizon announced they were going to be shutting down the 3G network. Mm-hmm. And so these uh, voting systems had 3G modems in there. And so ESNS had to replace them with 4G modems. So uh, take it away, Dr. <laughs> Bernard. And, and Dr. B, before you uh, before you jump in here, I just need to say thank you to Jane 2 who said Trump rally and Zach's show all in one day. What a great weekend. But my only regret is that I wasn't able to cover President Trump's rally earlier tonight. Dr. B, uh, welcome to the program, sir. I've got your slides on screen next. OK, thanks for having me. Can you hear absolutely. me? Absolutely, sir. Yes, go That's for great. it. Great. All right. Um, Walter just uh, gave a very good uh, overview of how our fraudulent elections are being hacked. And for the most part, I wouldn't even call it a hack. They're designed to fail and they're almost totally fraudulent. So what I've been working on, and this is, by the way, research that um, has previously not been reported. So you're breaking it for the first time on your on your show. Awesome. Uh, um, but I wanted to thank Sophie Anderson and Calvin Boydston and, and Joanne Ye because um, it was due to their hard work that we had this discovery. And it's an important discovery. What we found is um, the major access mechanism of the electoral fraud, um, at least that's from my opinion, is through the cellular modem. So it's not even a backdoor Everyone kind of looks like that. That's sort of a front door, and it's used as access for the voter registration database. So they've institutionalized the requirement for it, right? In other words, if you're a voter and you're going to uh, come in and get registered, they're going to basically look you up in a database, and that's going to be online. And uh, so they need that link. So the question is, what else is that link doing? And um, although we haven't proven um, what it's doing exactly, uh, it has a lot of attributes uh, of uh, of the kind of network that we think um, uh, we've used to rig elections in other countries with. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, the voting results are likely manipulated through that link. Um, and uh, I won't have time to prove that tonight. I'm just going to hit the highlights. So uh, if you want proof of it, you'll have to go to my longer presentation, which uh, we'll, we'll provide a link to, I'm sure. Certainly so, will. Okay. Our election systems aren't connected to the public in- Internet, um, but they are connected to the f- first net, which is a private government, government uh, network. And that's even worse because that network turns out to be 100% opaque. Um, So if you go to the next slide, um, these are the usual suspects. If you remember Molly Ball's great um, presentation. What a uh, revelation that was. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I I was like, they're really telling us exactly what they did, except they didn't. It was like... (laughs) Rubbing it in, right? Yes, that's exactly what it was. You know, we're not stealing the election. We're fortifying it so you can never take control again. (laughs) So the usual suspects who are part of that well-funded cabal are Eric, Runbeck, Twitter, um, 
you know, uh, the post office, of course, the Zuckerberg Dropbox, and everyone's heard of Dominion. Oh, yes. So, but what we're talking about now are AT&T, Verizon, FirstNet, and I would even add the FCC and Ericsson as mm-hmm. part of this because they're, it's all one big happy family. Um, so if you just go to the next slide. Okay. Uh, basically, the next slide talks about the Election Infrastructure Information Sharing and Analysis Center. So this is uh, George Orwell's uh, 1984. You have all these guys up in uh, East Greenbush um, going and uh, essentially looking at our elections. And this isn't this is a group working for CIS, which stands for Center for Internet Security. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're a they're a private public partnership uh, with SISA. And they were. um um, we'll call it the EIISAC, were created just before the 2018 uh, midterms. And uh, they were there presumably to ward off hackers by using Albert sensors and, and, and to look at ransom, prevent ransomware attacks into our, into our elections. And they have a network that's very similar to FEMA. And so you, you have to kind of ask yourself the question, why CIS? They're the guys that were censoring us. Why are they so interested in, in keeping our elections safe? So you wonder, you know, what's really going on there? And um, so um, EIISAC uh basically uses this public safety network. It's like the Amber network. And uh, and there's there's essentially no transparency across it. Mm-hmm. And it's basically used for emergencies. And so basically elections became a public safety concern right after Trump got elected and we we're going into the midterms. Mm-hmm. So on the next slide. Okay. Uh, AT&T FirstNet Public Safety Network concept. Yeah. So there was this concept that grew out of the 2009 National Security Telecommunications Advisory Committee, and they wanted to, um, this was for satellites, they wanted to build a network that, uh, a government-type network for public safety. And I believe that FirstNet was kind of part of the terrestrial portion of that of that network. And their concept was to build this big boomer cell that would like, reach out over the city. Um, and so there were some problems with actually building it that way. So they ended up actually using the LTE cellular network uh, to roll it out. And just to... Mi- to make things super secure in 2015, they came up with this, um, with the SISA Act, which stands for Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act. And um, it's very Orwellian in itself. I mean, sharing amongst themselves, but not sharing with the people who are actually going to oversee them. They don't want to be overseen, right? Mm-hmm. So the government quickly realized that this is a very valuable 
secret network that could have all sorts of uses, and one of them is for elections. So on the next slide. Um, First responders, preemptive U.S. coverage, 5G. Yeah, so this next sl- slide, they um, they basically built um, – they basically factored in um, the concept of preemption. And I've been looking for this network for, oh, a year and a half now. I knew there was this loop that would close the loop on the election fraud. I just didn't know where it was. Uh, And this is kind of, this is a network, and every network has its own peculiarities, but this is a network that just fit the bill because we knew the network from studying everything had to be real time, had to be zero delay, had to to, uh, have remote access, and and was also uh, a two-way communications link. But above all, it had to have ubiquitous coverage, ubiquitous geographic coverage, and that's what 5G has. And um, so we, we discovered this in a number of ways, that FirstNet was essentially preempting commercial cellular users with 5G. So basically what this means, Zach, is everywhere you can make a phone call with your cell phone, the government can set up a precinct and have a two-way connection into and out of the machines, into the e-poll books, into, um, and it has all these characteristics that we've used to steal elections in in other countries, basically. Certainly. Zero, and you may have heard of Hammer. Basically. Oh, yes. Definitely. This has all, <laughs> basically, there's no difference between the air interface of Hammer and the air interface of LTE. So um, so th- I found this very interesting. Uh, so on so the d- next... Dr. B, before we go, go to the next slide. So are, are, are you saying that this particular network being used by this government organization is is just using the 5G spectrum or do they have like a specific band within the 5G spectrum? Do good, they have their own 5G network? Good, good question. They they have they were given and, and who knows how it how it evolved, but they were originally given this very narrow band, band 14. Mm-hmm. But. I've been associated. I'm an RF engineer. I used to design cellular and stuff. Okay. And, and if you know anything about cellular, uh, you can never design a profitable wireless system unless you have an organized band plan. Sure. And with an organized band plan, you have to have a fairly large bit of spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that's the dead end I kept running myself into. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil. 
also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Sophie wouldn't let me quit. I just kept coming back and coming back and realizing that, yes, indeed, uh, this is real, but it's real because they're preempting users in the commercial 5G. So this is like double taxation, right? Mm -hmm. They're government funded. And by the way, all the users of the AT&T spectrum that are paying for it out of their pocket are funding for their own for their own trap, essentially. Sure. Yep. Yep. For their own elections to be stolen, we're paying for it twice. It's, isn't, it's, isn't that it's always the way? <laughs> it's exasperating. So yeah. the FCC granted the government the access to the 5G spectrum like October 16, 2017. Mm-hmm. Before they were granted that access, there we have whistleblowers telling us that, yes, indeed, they've been doing this for 
quite some time before that. Okay, so uh, do, does that does that imply that the five the five G bandwidth was like the infrastructure was already in place and they were already using it for this like covert uh, uh, issue here, and then at a certain point it just opened up for consumers to use. No, no, it, they. I, I think it started out probably. You know, you know how these things start. It was. 1G was amps, right? right and then right. 2G, and then 3G, and then 4G, and then 5G. So the spectrum was always there. It was always a commercial system. But then you can ask yourself the question, was then our government playing around in that spectrum, doing stuff with sure. our elections and stuff? And I, I'll say probably they were. I, yeah. I, don't, I can't prove it, but probably they were. And this whole preemption thing came along in 2017 when all of a sudden whoops hillary didn't win mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so now they had to have a legal reason and so really what they did with FirstNet was it's kind of a legal wrapper to exploit the existing commercial 5g network okay all right so i i actually used to work at verizon uh during the rollout of 4g lte you know this was uh early 2010s something like 2008 to 2012 and um and so yeah i i was just thinking about uh you know we we purchased verizon purchased another uh um uh, cellular company, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was significant because they had a certain portion of the CDMA uh, bandwidth, and then we had like the other portion of it. And then by coming together, it, it increased the quality of calls for like all people. But uh, as the 4G LTE rollout was happening, you know, they had uh, uh, engineers that would come out and like install the new 4G um, uh, equipment at all of these various towers and stuff. So I, I would just I'm, I'm I was just thinking about the uh, the way that this could possibly be used, and it really wouldn't surprise me if there was 5G capacity that was already in use by the government, and at a certain point they just said, "Oh yeah, great! Now you guys get to use this brand new technology, something that they've already had for like ten years or something like that." Yeah, it's interesting. I I've been retired now for about twenty years or so, you know, mm-hmm. from from the actual wireless side, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Things were much more monolithic, as you said. I mean, Verizon towers ver- had Verizon equipment or right. whatever, and and AT and T had their equipment, and never the twain should meet. Yes, they had a roaming agreement and stuff. But what's happening with the five G? It's becoming like the one world surveillance system, right? You know, it's basically we're going to build this LTE uh, network, and we're going to uh, let. People roam in and out, not just anybody, but our little oligopoly of people that we allow to come in, coming in. For example, 5G um, here in America is is AT&T, T-Mobile and Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's not 5G in Europe. Right. But right. the technology is the same. So. They're kind of using 5G as a way for them to be anonymous while they move around from tower to tower to tower to do whatever they have to do. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so I don't know I, when I get the hook here. 
Um, and, uh, you know, one more thing, the, and, you know, the other part of this is by going to, you know, with the switch to all 5G, that like CDMA GSM argument kind of went out the window because everybody has SIM cards now. Whereas before, like with uh, Verizon phones, you didn't have a SIM card. It had like an ESN uh, that had to be programmed into the account from each individual phone. And so that was the only way that you could uh, uh, change equipment was by changing to a different phone. But now you can just swap those SIM cards Very around. You really yeah. know a lot about the wireless. I do. I do. I definitely do. I definitely do. All right. So so here, uh, going to the next slide here, government control of vote tabulation. Yeah, this is my last slide. It may be the one I stayed longest on, but uh, but basically everything we talked about is in the upper left-hand corner, Zach. You know, see see that. um, So what this is talking about is the air interface between the precinct and the cell tower. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's the whole purpose of 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 the talk and the whole purpose of the um, of the research that we talked about but in in a previous presentation um i talked about the um election system as a whole and i'm a networks guy and so i've been working for probably a year and a half trying to draw how this really is at the network level and i think this is a pretty good realization of it i, I just want to point out that the only thing that i know that can be accredited in this whole thing are the tabulators. And you can see the tabulators form a very small portion of this network. Mm-hmm. So we're voting on a system that that is non-HAVA compliant, non it's called non-voting equipment, and it's not certified and none of it's auditable. So it, it's it's very, very uh disconcerting. And you see all the government actors that have their finger in this pie. It's the DHS, it's the EIISAC, which we talked about. And then there's the Foreign Malign Influence Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're now an official part of uh, ODNI, CIS, which we talked about, um, and and then ERIC. And, um, and you see that even though this isn't connected to the public internet, it's connected to its internet or its network connected. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Some of it's first net, some of it's perhaps not. We don't really have a blueprint of how this thing is laid out. But um, um, so I just wanted to, to summarize that uh, that the research we're talking about tonight is it's not just uh, the machines, not just the tabulator machines, because, yeah, we know they're corrupted. But the how of how they get corrupted is through these cellular modems. And and we've pretty much proven that at the systems level. And um, we're not proving it here tonight. Look at my research and you'll see. Um, and so this is the how bad actors can reach into every precinct. Think about that. How did how did they change everything in all our precincts? They did it through cellular. Well, you know, you know what this uh, the first thing that comes to mind here is is that uh, I'm like a traditional network and I I guess a a network that would be publicly accessible by, um, you know, election management infrastructure people. Uh, you know, they'd be able to tell who was coming and going, you know, incoming and outgoing connections. But if we're talking about solid, yeah, yeah, wired, right? Yes, yes. But uh, if we're talking about uh, like a, a 
private communication grid that uh, the average person doesn't have access to, would that be leaving the same type of footprint as we would have uh, that a, a, like an IT person could take a look and see who had been in and out oh, of the yeah, system? They could. they could, but that's been all factored in. No, this is a government system and you, yeah. you don't have the need to know. Uh, okay. You know, it's, uh, you know, that it, it was all factored in. So to know we've got public safety and that would risk the, the, uh, it would compromise our public safety system, you know, the Russians and Russia, Russia. Right? Sure. Need to know. <laughs> so, so that's a long discussion how they did that. But yeah, a lot of this was this wrapper. How do we keep it secret? How do we make sure that nobody can FOIA anything out of FirstNet? That's why there's this push to get FirstNet in all of our election systems. They're trying to get FirstNet, you know, modems and FirstNet, you know, everything uh, because, because you can't get access to it because it's, you know, of this, um, non-disclosure agreement that they have and ron wyden talked all about that you know there's a paper or letter that he wrote about it okay but so um so basically they use this connection um uh i believe we have now we probably it would be nice to actually show this by actually you know looking at the hardware in some detail but i doubt that's going to happen because it's first net right mm-hmm. And it's secret. Uh, but I believe that they're manipulating our votes uh, with almost zero delay across this link. Uh, they um, they can add phantom unregistered voters, uh, but eligible voters to the precincts went, you know, instantaneously just about through a link like this, because it's just like a just like making a voice call on a on a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. They could operate fully and invisibly to the poll workers. The poll workers have no idea this is going on. It's just happening. It's just, you know, happening across an invisible link. Dr. B, real quick, let me do you. I'm sure you remember back in the 2020 election, there was some discussion about a uh, a German company by the name of Seidel. Do do you know about Seidel? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like our, our, our votes were being sent to that Seidel server. And then, uh, you know, I guess ostensibly they're coming back in and, and being recalculated or something. But uh, obviously the concern was that they could be manipulated as soon as they leave the United States of America, go to a foreign nation and then end up coming back into our uh, local equipment. Yeah, um, I would fact, assume that'd be done with FirstNet. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, I think the man in the middle is right there at the air interface between the b- between the precinct and, and the and the uh, cellular tower. Okay. So basically, as soon as it hits the cellular tower, the man in the middle is right there and he can send it to Seidel or he can send it to Germany. He can Mm -hmm. send it to Timbuktu. Right. Yeah. We have no idea. Uh, He could also send it to East Greenbush, New York, you know, where all those guys at EIISAC are sitting around watching the telescreens, Orwell's telescreens. Mm -hmm. So, um, So, of course. Uh, we have the remote access aspect of it. We have, uh, I have actual Dallas County workers talking about how they can remote in, change the signal strength. And then they, the reason they up, upgraded to um, um, FirstNet compatible um, uh, modems was so that they could um, get that real time 
um, voter count uh, and the real time uh, real time data. So basically, so if they have the vote count in real time, imagine what they could do with that. You know, they could figure out, well, how many mail in ballots do I need to exactly, you know, to make this thing look legitimate? We have our 51, 49, you know, percent election. Uh, but to make it maybe, you know, legitimate, maybe I, I need, you know, a hundred extra votes or something like that. You know exactly how many votes you need if you know what the real time, uh, vote data is. And, um, so ultimately what they can do with this is install any candidate they want and fully undetected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. That's it. I, I, I kind of breeze through that if you have any questions. Well, are, are you familiar with the work of uh, Ed Solomon? He's a mathematician uh, out of Absolutely. New York. Absolutely. I have to confess, I'm not I'm not the algebraist that sure. he is. Yeah. Um, I'm a mathematician, and uh, I think Dr. Doherty and I have that in common. I'm a communications engineer, uh, and I'm my mind thinks much more geometrically. That's why I have all these slides, right? Sure. Uh, but yeah, I try to understand his stuff. I think for me, a better a better description of what's going on in the system for me was to understand the election night reporting of uh, Draza Smith because she worked that out as a as a as a uh, feedback and control engineer and. She basically did something similar to, to what Ed did, uh, but he's a great mathematician. He's a great mind, and he was probably one of the first people to really analyze the system. He He's the only person that I've seen, like, truly break down the actual algorithm to, uh, to 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 show how they figure out exactly how many votes of which type they need to inject into the system. So I I, I think it's uh in, it's his mind is amazing. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's incredible. It's dense. I I am nowhere near uh, as uh, arithmetically uh, uh, proficient as he is to be he's, able to figure a, any of that stuff out. Some people work with algebra. Yeah, very well. I I had a hard time figuring out what X was when I was a kid. So I I went right to geometry. Good stuff. All right. Um, Listen, you guys, we're going to be opening up the phones here in just a moment. I'm sure we're going to have some people in the audience who have questions. But uh, I just wanted to check and see if anybody had any thoughts uh, that they would like to get out there before we do that. Or any uh, final uh, things that you wanted to point to before we open up the phones. Yes, I want to. I want everybody to know that we were all told that these systems were not connected to the internet. Yep. It was in unison across networks everywhere. Everybody wrote the same story and headline. Uh, if you go to the Texas Secretary of State website right now, it it says no, they're not connected to the internet. You know, let's be clear, they're not. Well, we have emails between our election department uh, voter registration system analyst Julie Seipel sending an email to 10x ePoll book software systems in Florida saying giving four uh, scenarios that records were showing either duplicated or something was showing wrong with the system. And she asked him to fix it from Florida. And he replied that, hey, I just wrote this script so that I deleted those duplicate voter IDs. And I just wrote a script so any duplicate voter IDs will be hidden from the records. 
So instead automatically of, deleted. Automatically deleted. So instead of within it, the hour from Florida to Texas elections, we took care with, of it with no internet connection during an election. A live they wrote election. a script in Senate. I don't. I don't really know how it. How yeah. Did that without an internet connection. Yeah. How else would you be able to do that? Yeah. Without an without an internet. I wonder. I wonder if they're getting creative with the way they're defining words because if they're using a private, Absolutely. yeah, they're using a private government system. It's not technically the internet. You know, the internet's what you plebs get to use. You know, we're talking yeah. about we're talking about FirstNet, which is not the internet, although it achieves the exact same thing. Well, and that was exactly the excuse that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors gave when the Arizona Senate initiated their audit. They asked for all of the ballots. The Board of Supervisors stalled for five months before they handed over the ballots. Mm -hmm. They asked for the router and Splunk logs. So this basically would show network traffic in and out of the through the county firewall and subpoenaed it. The Arizona Senate had the subpoena power. They subpoenaed the router and Splunk logs. The Board of Supervisors said, nope, we're not going to turn them over because the sheriff's department uses that, too. And there might be a record that our sheriff had sent a private email to the sheriff in the next county. And so there you've got the a public safety excuse yep. to say that uh, we can't release that information. But I always say when somebody says you can't see something is what is it you're trying to hide? Absolutely. Yeah. So in the case of Michigan, uh, Patrick Colbeck was a poll watcher, but he had previously been a state senator and previously been an IT in the IT field. And so he walked in as a poll watcher and just went up to a guy sitting at one of the workstations and said, uh, hi, how's it going? By the way, is this connected to the Internet? And the guy said, I can't talk to you. <laughs> and he said, well, if you'll just move your mouse down in the lower right corner, it was a Windows system. Uh, it'll pop up and show what Internet connection, what network connections you have. Nope, not going to do it. I can't talk to you. And so Patrick just kind of wandered around the backside and he saw this blue cable coming out and he just followed that blue cable around the room to a router. And then there was a yellow cable coming out of the router and he followed it around to see what it was plugged into and filed this all in his head. And when he left the room, he drew out the network diagram of how it was all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Jen, I, I also understand that you are, are are a former Michigander as well. Uh, did you think when you left Michigan to go to Texas that things were going to be, I don't know, less uh, uh, backwards and messed up uh, uh, down there? Because it seems like no matter where you go, you got the same problems. Yeah, I grew up in Metro Detroit, so watching that TCF debacle was eye-opening. But, no, I didn't, I didn't think that I'd be – out here fighting with Texans for elections. I, <laughs> I used to be a Democrat, probably sure. like everybody else again. Yeah. Yep. And until uh, 2013. And I was like, these people are really incompetent or they're doing it on purpose. So yeah, I had to jump hope off. and change never came. Did it? <laughs> no, it did not. And you know what? There's a lot of people like us that don't, they didn't vote We're for American. They, they don't want this anymore. They didn't, they're not down for this. Yeah. There's a big misrepresentation. 
No, it's uh, it's pretty messed up. Uh, listen, over here on Getter, we've got uh, a couple of comments. Uh, Vortex guy saying thank you, Texas, and too many possibilities for confidence in elections. They're playing us for fools to believe otherwise. Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, th- this this is why citizen advocacy is so important. And I think you're right, Jen. I think a, a lot of people have been paying attention a little bit more closely in the last couple of years than they did for probably the majority of their adult lives. And uh, the issues that we're talking about have become more and more obvious. Uh, And uh, I think that the only way that our elected officials are going to change things is if they feel like there is enough pressure from the people that they're supposed to be representing. So uh, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to be the largest thorns in their side that we can possibly be, which is why I love what you guys are doing down there in Texas. I mean, it's a big place, but, you know, I mean, if you break it up into counties and then precincts beyond that, I mean, it, it becomes a lot easier to manage. That's right. Yeah. 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 I have one story that uh, Dr. Darty reminded me of, which was uh, what Patrick was going through. Um, the very last tweet on the Election Integrity Partnerships uh, Twitter site had to do with them being very concerned about Wi-Fi connections. And it's about 15 tweets long. And that really got me into looking into this whole um, cellular modem connection stuff, because I could tell that they would not be that interested in something if it wasn't really something important. Mm-hmm. They were really concerned. You know, people were talking about Wi-Fi connections. So I would recommend that if we still have these machines, and I hope we don't, everyone go and countywide try to figure out what are the names of the Wi-Fi machines that you have throughout your con- your your county and write them down because uh, what you'll see is uh, what we found in uh, – in uh, in Florida, I have screenshots of mine every year. I go, I take a screenshot of all the Wi-Fi networks that are open when I pull up to the. To it's vote. great. It's great to do that if you have a county group and do it geographically across your county because then it gives you some idea of how they're how they're building this network because all these all these modems are in a sense. A wire, a wide area wireless network, and they're instantly connected to each other. And they're already talking about um, with the vote centers having a, a a central count area, right? The county center, and they're going to have all this stuff instantaneously, you know, feeding into the county election center. And you'll be able to see the real time vote count every microsecond, right? And they're able to do this because they have these zero delay cellular links and every precinct is is connected and we don't want that all right you guys we have our first caller on the line it looks like it's a vortex guy from over on getter let's go ahead and bring him in uh you're on the phone welcome very much uh welcome to the show thank you for calling appreciate you hey zach how's the corruption detection hey man you know keep, just keeping it real <laughs> trying to expose all this stuff Oh, it's amazing. you got so many experts there. It's uh, it's wonderful. I'm uh, curious if anybody has an idea, but it sure seems logical 
uh, but I don't hear people talking about the whole reason why uh, the early voting, ballot harvesting, ballot chasing, whatever you want to say, uh, I think it needs to be focused on. To me, it seems as if you give all your cards uh, in advance. The other team knows exactly how to play their cards, uh, and it won't take weeks. They'll be able to actually see what uh, we've done and be able to overcome it um, with maybe one or two or three days at the most. So this is actually a point that has kind of caused uh, a bit of controversy recently, because I believe Mike was quoted as saying that, you know, we, we, we shouldn't participate in any type of early voting or ballot harvesting or anything like that. And I personally believe in principle that we should only have paper ballots, one day voting. you got to have a voter ID. You show up to the precinct, you cast your ballot, you go home. But I think in reality, you know, we have people who are going to be forced to vote either by mail or absentee or in some other fashion, perhaps, you know, elderly people who don't have the uh, ability, ambulatory ability to to get to the voting precincts. And so, uh, you know, the, the question is, should we be participating if it is going to mean that we get votes that we wouldn't get otherwise? Or to your point, Vortex Guy, does that just give our enemies uh, that much more lead time on uh, on how many ballots we're going to have. I'd love to hear from everybody on this. Well, I feel like, you know, we know that there's diabolical actors out here doing things. Who's to say that these people aren't going to go around and ballot harvest under the guise that they're Republicans and then do the kind of cheating that they did for themselves in the last election mm-hmm. and then blame it on us because yeah. we're out there, oh, yeah, go out and harvest some votes. And then they're like, you know, same thing with all of these when the feds go in and they pretend they're, you know, I can't say Patriots. I, I understand. I know. No, no. Yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm thinking about Governor Whitmer. You know, it, this might be like a total setup. On, yes. Yeah. On part of people who are diabolical thinkers that could maybe think of things like that and, and go execute it and do it. So I don't think we should be involved in any kind of harvesting operations. I feel like we, you need to be legit, whatever, you know. You're opening yourself up for disaster, I feel. That's my personal opinion. I think that's an excellent point. You know, a, a, a Democrat operative posing as a Republican ballot harvester could come to your home, collect your ballot, yeah. and then just put it in the shredder. And then you would not have any idea. Yeah. That or pose as a Republican, yeah. you know, complicated. Yeah. Well, you know, like most campaign ideas, there's a, there is one good point in there, and that is, to increase voter turnout for knowledgeable voters. So that's that's a good idea, is to get people who are informed about the election uh, to encourage them to get out and vote. But my answer about ballot harvesting is, well, let's say in one election, one party uh, got uh, 20,000 ballots uh, early. So we the other party says, well, we need to get 30,000 uh, ballots early. You can't out-harvest a high-speed printer. So yeah. in the case of Maricopa County, Arizona, there are 2.1 million registered voters. The county ordered 4 million ballots from Runbeck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R- Runbeck is a big problem. I, I mean, uh, they, they are, they're like the, the single point of contact for so many of these mail-in ballots. Like, they 
produce extra ballots. Uh, they hold on to them for the post office. You know, hey, guys, don't worry about us. <laughs> we're we're just going to hold on to these for you until you need them. And then when it's necessary, they can inject a, as many ballots into the system as possible. And when we have a situation like we did in Maricopa County, where people are not really checking the signatures, I mean, hey, it, it's like the, the easiest thing in the world to assume that somebody is injecting ballots into the system. And if nobody's checking, then, you know, I mean, we have no idea. The interesting thing, too, guys, is the uh, something that I've heard. Maybe you can deny or confirm it, and I can't for the life of me remember the last names. But as I understand it, it was brought out uh, during uh, the trial, uh, one of the trials, that the Speaker of the House in Arizona is a brother of the CEO, is it, of Runback? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, some nepotistic uh, uh, relationship happening there between Runbeck and and uh, and Arizona political scene. Another interesting thing about anomalies is they are truly anomalies. Why do they always go in one direction? <laughs> Cause well, it's not because it's actually, not an anomaly. It's it's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> actually, they they don't they don't always. So in Pima County, Arizona, I analyzed all 17 races from president down to county sheriff. And guess what? 17 of them had exactly this. All 17 out of 17 had exactly the same manipulation. 16 out of the 17 favored the Democrat and one favored the Republican. So see, they weren't all rigged for the Democrats in Pima County. There was one out of 17 that was rigged for the Republican. It's like Hunter Biden pleading guilty to a couple of misdemeanors so they can say it's not a two-tiered system of justice. Look at this. Get technical on me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Dr. Dr. B, did you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I would like to extend it to uh, early voting in general, uh, not just the harvest, uh, ballot harvesting. I believe that an early vote is a vote lost. Um, and we have evidence of that in Colorado. I think it was Jeff uh, Young was doing some work on that. Oh, yes. where they basically go in and figure out if you voted the wrong way, we've got an unregistered phantom voter over here that will correct your decision. Yep. Uh, it's like a husband and wife going in and one votes Republican and the other one votes Democrat. So it's, you know, it's it's a it's a no op. Uh, and and you got a lot of that going on in early voting. So I'm I'm against early voting. I used to do it all the time before I started studying this. And then I realized I'm not going to throw my vote away. I'm going to vote on Election Day and they can do whatever they want to stop me. But I'm going to vote on Election Day. You'll yeah. notice it's the part. It's the parties that are pushing vote early and the parties love the system just how it is. Yes. They don't want the people to have their political power back. And so they're the ones that are pushing this early voting scam. And if you're Republican, Democrat, independent, go vote in person on Election Day. There's less time for your vote uh, to be manipulated by a bad actor, to be malfunctioned, to be lost, whatever it is. Vote Election Day in person. That's the best way. Yeah. We never had all this early voting before, and it was fine. Like, just go vote on voting day. I wish it was a national holiday. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yes. Why don't 
Why don't we do that? Why don't we make it a national holiday so nobody has to worry about taking the day off of work? Everybody can get vacation pay. It's just like Thanksgiving or something like that. And institute a little jury duty situation where everybody, you know, gets in the in the pool to help with elections. There this is go. something that people can be involved in. This is the most important. Obviously, these last couple of years didn't show you. This is the most important thing we do. So, and, and we don't have to wait for a national holiday for election day. We can do it state by state. Mm-hmm. So, if your state declares a state holiday, all the schools are closed. It's on a Tuesday, and so the churches are uh, not needing their building. So you've got all the schools and churches are spaced to have the precinct level voting center, uh, the the precinct only voting. Yeah. Yeah, In fact, Walter, that's a brilliant idea. If we could just get the states to stagger a day or two, that would really screw up their algorithm. (laughs) Wouldn't it? I mean, because everyone's got to be doing it simultaneously to centralize this. So that... I would love to see, you know, some sort of stagger start thing, especially in the battleground states. Uh, well, that could that would be possible for state and county races. For federal races, it has to be on on the on yeah. the fifth day. But I think your point about the the time available for manipulation, my guess, and it's just a guess, is that one of the reasons that. Uh, there was so much, so many strange things in uh, 2020 is because of the Florida law that the results have to be reported by 11 p.m. And so that did not give time. Like in Tennessee, it took them five days to restart the election. So you may have heard of the Edison Zero event. Sure. Uh, After midnight, the count for every state was set to zero. Some states like Texas came back in half an hour or so, but Tennessee, it was five days. So their count stayed at zero for five days, and that gave a long time. And Florida, uh, having said that the results have to be in by 11 p.m., did not uh, afford that option. We got to get rid of these machines. They're too complicated. We need to uncomplicate our. It needs to be simple. Everybody should understand how their voting system works. Yeah, and this is the catalyst to bring uh, communities together: is to do it in your neighborhood voting precinct, small, auditable. Yeah, voting precinct makes so much sense. When we we realized the origination of these things was uh, global. And uh, even in some of the original manuals, the, the owner's manuals, it claimed that they had modems in there. And it also claimed that they were set up to fractionally vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always been the one that just, like, blew my mind the most. Like, the idea of fractional voting. Like, the only way that that makes sense is is if they're trying to make sure that the election turns out a certain way. You know, I mean, like, one person, one vote, it should have the exact same weight as somebody else's vote. I can't think of a logical reason why some one person's vote should have a, a greater weight than somebody else's vote if they're voting for in the same election. All right, well, listen, Vortex guy, we got to uh, go on to the next caller, buddy. But thank you so much for calling in, and I... Pr- Take care, Zach, and your great show tonight. We love you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love you guys, too. We'll see you soon. Peace. Okay, we've got Trisha coming in next, and then it looks like a caller from Southern California after that. So stay on the line, and we'll get you in here in just a moment. Um, Looks like 
Trisha is not quite connected yet. So while she's connecting her microphone, let me say thank you over on pilled.net. My buddies at the Foxhole, uh, just duckies. Thank you very much for starting it off with that cookie. Sean and on says, love you, brother. Keep killing it. Thank you so much, my friend. Porpoiseful dropping a cookie. Godspeed also dropping a cookie. Filter dog one says lawfare is a weapon. A boneless chicken says, uh, seeing tears for fears tonight. Otherwise I'd be glued. Another great show. That's awesome that tears for fears are playing a live show i would have totally gone too that's hilarious uh, what's that what were you are saying they alive? are they alive <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think i think they're still alive uh, that's awesome it's awesome yeah uh sean joe thank you very much for the cookies just ducky says appreciate all the work you guys are doing uh filter dog one says i'm gonna have to catch the replay but keep pounding zach thank you very much LKW Cross says, thank you for bringing all of this information to us. FilterDog1 says, what about dirt box and Stingray? I don't know about a dirt box, but a Stingray is that uh, cellular capture device that uh, uh, law enforcement agencies use when they want to capture your communications and see who you're talking to. Um, do you think that would have any place in this model that you put forward, Dr. B, or is it unnecessary because it's a private system? Well, they were running it around me. So. I, I'm not really sure about Stingray. I haven't looked into it in mm-hmm. this regard. I think I think the way I would look at FirstNet is is kind of what you alluded to. It's one big Stingray. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Lori and Jen, you, you guys were saying something. I feel like I remembered uh, some sort of uh, uh, a coverage coming out of Arizona suggesting that Stingrays, was, weren't they being used in like planes and stuff? saw monkey works talking about that how yeah. they would the loop and they were doing that around maricopa when they were doing the, the big audit yes yes that's it that's it that's it all right trisha you're on the air how you doing i'm doing great how are you excellent thank you so much for being here and as a, a fellow texan what do you think about uh, jen and Lori? I'm just amazed at what all of you have accomplished, and I'm, I have to say I'm sorry I haven't been on the other live shows because I certainly would have called in. But here I am now, and I just signed into the Tally Texas and confirmed my email, and I'm sorry I haven't done that sooner. I can't keep up with everything, yeah, it's but okay. I'm glad you're on tonight. <laughs> And um, I'm wondering why my county isn't on the list or if that's a good thing that it's your, not on the list. What Polk. county are you? Polk. Polk County. We don't, we don't I don't think any, we have a Polk I don't County. Think we have anybody. Trisha, they, they, were, they were waiting for you to call in to be the Tally Texas representative for Polk County. That's <laughs> okay, right. I, I would be glad to be your representative for Polk County. That's we awesome. have. We have Livingston and my city and a few others, but yeah. So one of the questions I was going to ask, Zach, you brought it up about we have paper ballots, but we have to put them through the scanning machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So is that scanner online or is it just, what is that? What's the deal with that? Do you know? Scanners. No, we don't like the standards. Do you have a hand-marked paper ballot in a voting precinct? Yes. So, y'all, you when you come in, you, they give you a ballot, and then you walk mm-hmm. over to and you hand fill it in. It's like a scantron, like a bubble. Yeah, yeah. And then we have to put it through a scanning machine. Mm-hmm. And, and that put- started. That just started last uh, two years ago. 
It was the first time they've ever done that. We've been using machines all the time, and now it's paper ballot. If you followed uh, what I was talking about at the beginning of the show about the vulnerabilities of computers, the scanner has a computer in it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, all right, I will look and see. And uh, I think Dr. B said something about checking what the Wi-Fi is. Yeah, that's a good idea to get with your, um, let's say, 10 people and 10 geographically disparate uh, precincts in your county and, mm-hmm. and just compare notes, you know, uh, and because that gives you a good idea of of um, typically what they're doing is they have a cellular link down to the modem and then the modem is connected locally to the election equipment, like the tabulator to DS-200, as an example. And that's how they're getting the real-time uh, vote data. Um, at, at least that's what's happening in Dallas. Now, I can't say that's happening everywhere, but they tend to do very similar things everywhere. And uh, I believe that they're doing doing that in the other counties also in Texas. So, Tricia, there are only two voting system companies that are uh, certified, uh, that have certified systems for use in Texas. You have ES&S or HART. And so once you get connected and sign up, we'll have uh, Claire and Burnett show outreach to you and help you figure out exactly what system your county's using, give you a list of records that you can request, and you can start building a picture of elections in your county. Oh, good. Okay. I'll do it. So. That's all right. Awesome. Thank you. And Thank you. I'll let you get on to your next caller. Take care. Great to hear Thank from you. you, Tricia. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Um, before we take the next caller, guys, I'm sure you were all aware that uh, Barack Obama's former chef was found mysteriously drowned in eight feet of water at he and Michelle's uh, private pond at uh, Martha's Vineyard, their Martha's Vineyard estate. Um, I only mention it because the initial reporting on the story, although the 911 call to the dispatcher came from inside the Obama's home, it was initially reported that the Obamas were not home at the time. Um, But however, I mean, this private chef who didn't live there was on their property paddleboarding with some unknown person. Long story short, turns out they were actually there. I don't know why they wouldn't just tell the truth from the beginning. But Barack was just spotted uh, playing golf somewhere here in the United States. I think it was actually near Martha's Vineyard. And his hand has bandages all over his fingers, almost as if he recently injured it in some fashion. And you got to you got to wonder. You just got to wonder uh, if, uh, if those two things are connected. What's that, Jen? Maybe he had to take up his own cooking. Yeah. yeah, that could be it. <laughs> could be it. All right. I'm looking got... forward to some interesting memes tomorrow. <laughs> certainly, certainly. All right. Next caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Hello, it's Karen from Idlewild. Hi, Karen. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, there's the USPS has um, about 300 activist groups trying to. Um, Bill, there's two board seats left, and they're trying to get those seats filled with other activists. Then they can fire um, the postmaster general 
Louis DeJoy because he's a Trump appointee. And my concern, they want to expand the, um, the mail-in uh, voting for 2024. And they have a name for it. It's the post, Save the Post Office Coalition. Hmm. And um, that, that concerns me. I know we're talking about, we're not talking about that, this, but this has been, they're, they're ahead of us. They've already got this mail-in voting stuff. Yeah, I mean, they need this mail-in building. No, I I don't think you're off base. I mean, this is certainly, it's all connected. It's part of the the same hydra, if you will. Um, I'm not very familiar with uh, the efforts to get rid of the the Trump-appointed postmaster general. But, I mean, obviously, if they want to have total control over the uh, election system, controlling the post office is going to be a major aspect of that. Um, Gentlemen, ladies, uh, you know, any ideas on this front? Well, let me just make one comment about uh, mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots are the easiest way to cheat. And so one of the countries that has been held up as a model for hand-marked ballots is France, where the presidential election uh, is hand-marked ballots, which are then mailed in, but it's in a plastic envelope that's partly printed, but they caught some postal workers shifting the ballot inside the plastic envelope so that they could see how they voted. If it wasn't the candidate they liked, through the plastic envelope, they could just make a little tear in the ballot, and that would make it invalid when it finally arrived at the counting central. Scumbags. Every method, uh, I mean, if humans are involved, there's a way to cheat. And what we need to do is always be moving in the direction of a system that is harder to cheat and easier to catch. I mean, even in places like Afghanistan, you know, I mean, there are plenty of African nations I can think about where people walk in, they put their thumbprint or their fingerprint on a paper ballot, it goes into a box. Maybe there's some guys standing around with guns, but at this point, I, I think maybe we need something like that to ensure that something uh, it doesn't like doesn't happen like we keep have happening. Do you remember that there were uh, post office whistleblowers are trying to be? Oh yes, they were saying that making them you know change the postmark on the yes uh, income ballots. Yep, yep. We had uh, Richard. I'm sorry, I can't remember his last name. He's been on the show before. He was a Project Veritas whistleblower. Uh, yeah, yeah. He came forward. And then, of course, we had the, the I think there was a couple of different guys who were transporting ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I mean, you know, there's only one reason you'd be doing that. I mean, clearly, all those people weren't living in New York and just voting in Pennsylvania. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's very worrisome. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. All right. Um, well, a- anything else for the panel? Any any uh, uh, any other ideas you have? No, I just wanted to call in about that. And, okay. Um, you have a good weekend. All right. You too. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you. Bye bye. All right. Have a great night. All right. Uh, one more thank you to Fredo over on Rumble. <clears throat> he says, kudos to all the patriots on the panel fighting the good fight, praying that you're successful in your efforts. Quick favor, after you fix Texas, can you come to California and do the same thing? Thank you. 
Well, we can always come by Zoom. There we go. <laughs> so, well, you know, I mean, California is kind of an interesting case uh, case study because uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's an effort in California to uh, create a breakaway state within the the, the borders of California, It'd be New California, uh, it would make it the 51st state. And if they're successful in their endeavor, and I mean, there's no reason to think they, they shouldn't be because they're following a constitutional process that has been used in the past, uh, I believe, with the creation of West Virginia. Um, and uh, uh, there's maybe North and South Dakota, not don't quote me on that one, but certainly West Virginia. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're pretty far along. I mean, they've already sent delegates uh, uh, to Congress from the new California state, and uh, it just has to be taken up in session in the House. Um, and so if that happens, then there won't be any more electronic voting machines in New California, and they would be going to a, a paper ballot system like this. So, Fredo, I don't know where you live in California, but maybe it will be fixed as a result of that. All right. And uh, let me also say thank you to uh, FilterDog. Uh, thank you again for the cookie. And then Sean Joe dropped a cookie as well. All right, you guys, we have about 14 minutes left. Um, uh, Dr. D, you know, we always talk about the uh, the problems with uh, the voting system or whatever it is, the subject we're discussing. We talked about some solutions, some ideas that people have, but do you have any other wise words uh, that can inspire people to get out there and maybe take action in their local area and uh, and we can work on getting rid of these machines there too? Well, there's a place for everybody. So I'm a math and computer guy. That's my skill set. That's what I'm I'm doing. So I started out analyzing elections in Pima County, Arizona, and have expanded that uh, across the country. I've been an expert witness in uh, California and South Carolina court cases and about a half a dozen states uh, in between. So there's a place for everybody. So it's not, oh, I sure wish they would fix our elections so we could trust them. It's what can you do? And so the first thing you can do is get in touch with like-minded people. So whether it's tallytexas.org or your party precinct meeting, a uh, group of people that you meet for for lunch after church, whatever it is, uh Find something that you can do and find some like-minded people. All right. Excellent. Dr. B, how how about you? Yeah. um, I've used this last couple years. I've had some uh, physical issues with my legs and stuff. So I, I actually was in a wheelchair a lot of this time. But I've been able to sit at my desk, fortunately, as a mathematician and do a lot of the analysis I a lot of times I was I work six months or so late at night with uh, with both Draza Smith and Jeff O'Donnell. I was one of the first people in Jeff's raccoon army. And um, so I agree that that you just have to find out where you fit in. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to find out where I fit in. And this whole cellular thing just kind of fell in my lap because I was working on something and it just, you know, so a lot of times no one can tell you, you just have to go and help. Um, 
working at the precinct level, I think, is very, very important. Become a precinct chair. We really need precinct chairs, um, you know, uh, and that's a, a good way to help. Um, but, but that's about all I've got on that. Okay. All right, Jen and Lori, uh, same question to you girls. And uh, I think I asked you this before, but any plans to maybe package what you've done, create this system that can be exported to other states and people can begin their own groups? Yes. So we work with Cause of America, Mike Lindell's uh, citizen election investigator uh, teams across the nation. It's a coalition of independent citizen auditor, journalists, investigators, um, that are all working in their state. And we're at a critical moment right now that we um, need every person to get involved at their county. If, if you petition your county commissioners, your sheriff, uh, your clerk, your tax assessor collector, and your county chairs, um, everybody needs to put pressure. It cannot be, um, you know, 10 people per county. We need everybody to contact the county commissioners, tell them they've lost confidence in their elections and that they want a secure and auditable voting system in the precinct. And we have that uh, in Texas. It can go to other states, but I think the Lindell team will have more on that this weekend. Um, They're going to identify all the states that have a hand-marked tally paper voting system in your state. And so you can see if you've got that uh, capability there. But in Texas right now, uh, your county commissioner's court can say, you know what, no more machines. We're going to save some taxpayer money and we're going to restore confidence to our voting systems. I think a lot of people don't really know how to get involved or they feel that they don't have any skill set to be involved. And we've adopted the saying, you can use your time, talent or treasure. So if you don't have time, you can donate to causes that you feel are worthy as far because it takes a lot of money to fight. We've been lawfared. Everybody out here is. So like Tina Peters, she needs a lot of help. And everyone, you know, if you can donate to her. Um, but like for me, example, my I, I'm an artist, so I'm not really looking at data or anything like that. But so the things that I do is I create logos for people. I do flyers. I I make memes sometimes. I just do whatever I'm She makes us look good. I <laughs> help draw campaign stuff. I just, you know, I work on websites, whatever I can do to help is what I do. And everyone has something that they can do that they're very good at. Some people are really good at getting out there and talking to people. I'm I'm not necessarily that person. Everybody has some gift that they can give and we need them. We We need, we need, we need you. We need America needs you uh, right now to rise up and do their duty. Um, you can't claim to be a patriot and sit on the sidelines during this fight. We're not waiting for a civil war. We've been in it now for four years, almost four yeah. years. No mm-hmm. one's coming to say it's us. We have to do it. And yeah. it's, it's, we, the citizens, we're the reason that this happened. We yeah. kind it's of fell fault. asleep at the wheel. We need to, you know, participate and be the people. Yeah. Dr. Carol Swain says that, that slogan, be the people. And we have been delinquent and uh, outsourced, as Dr. D would say, we outsourced our our elections and therefore we outsourced our political power. So we're going to take it back at the very least. Yeah. Start looking at it and understanding what's happening. Read the Texas election code. If you're in Texas or your election code in your state, understand these things or go work the election. Yeah. Uh, Go, go sign up. Yeah. You can sign up on your secretary of state site. Yeah. To be poll watchers, to be election judges, paid paid worker, you you get paid, whatever. 
Yeah. So lots of things people can do and should do. Yeah. But we fix our election system. All this other stuff gets fixed. All the school boards that are are not the border. Yep. The border. All the things things that people are worried about. It doesn't mean anything if you can't elect people that are going to actually do something or if you yourself as a citizen aren't willing to get involved and even like maybe run for an office or something like that. You have to we have to get these people out. And that is the most important thing that we can do right now. Yeah, so and try to focus on that. So in LindellEvent.com, uh, the plan, he's got um, a super surprise, never been thought of before. Uh, go on there, LindellEvent.com, put Tina, use Tina's code, put Tina uh, to help her in. <laughs> we got all kinds we of like, Yeah, we got all these codes, <laughs> yes. code wars, you know, everybody's got codes. But uh, anyways, yeah, go to LindellEvent.com and watch. Watch all of us. There's thousands of citizen auditors from all 50 states going to be there. Uh, which, and they'll have information about which whatever state you're in, if you're in Idaho yeah. or whatever. Idaho is going to be representing. So, you know, watch for them and they'll put out their information about how to get in touch with the people that are doing things to help their elections in, in your state. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody has to say. All right, you guys. Uh, one final thank you to Fredo over there on uh Rumble, he says, I'm in Orange County, so would that be part of New California? I hope that happens. Also, if playing if playing presidential clue, I think Obama did it with an oar in the pond. Yeah, with uh, the, the with the injury to his fingers, I mean, the first thing I thought was like some fishing line tied around his hand and maybe used to, to strangle the guy. Either way, you know, I, somebody, somebody definitely, somebody killed the man. You know, there's, there's no way he was, he was a physically fit specimen. He, he had taken swimming lessons. Your paddle is connected to your ankle by a tether. So there's no reason anybody should drown in eight feet of water. It just doesn't make any sense. So, and anyways, I'm sure you guys are aware that, uh, well, maybe you're not. Uh, there was another White House chef. Uh, he was a chef, uh, Walter Scheib, I think his name was. He, he was a chef for both George W. Bush and uh, for the Clintons. He was there during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, and he also drowned, except he didn't drown in a large body of water. He drowned in the middle of the New, New Mexico desert, <laughs> which just defies logic. He died uh, climbing a mountain, and, in, and, and he fell into a drainage ditch, they're saying. So I can't imagine that it was more than, like, four inches of water at any one time. But how weird? How weird is it that White House chefs just continue to find themselves victims of drowning? Doesn't make a lot of sense. But, all right, you guys. Well, listen, uh, tell everybody where they can find you guys, uh, Jen and Lori. You can go to tallytexas.org and sign up uh, to get involved and get our newsletter. Uh, We'll keep you up to date on events in Texas. There's uh, hand count roadshows, hand count trainings. Uh, We uh, got a practice kit on there. So you'll have everything that you need uh, to petition your county to adopt Chapter 65 um, for the upcoming constitutional election. So uh, if you're out there, sign up, join us there or at causeofamerica.org. We should have all of uh, Dr. D's information on there and a link so that you can get to uh, Dr. B's uh, information as well. Okay. Well, my next one, I was going to ask uh, Dr. D and Dr. B to do the same. So, Dr. Dr. D, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, I occasionally post on Telegram at Dr. D Presents, DR underscore D underscore Presents, and on Rumble if you search for W. Doretti. All right. And then Dr. B, same for you, sir. Yeah, my pen name um my pen name is Guy underscore Smith on Telegram. 
All right. And is that like a channel or that's just your Telegram account it's and you just, chat with yeah, people? I don't I don't run a channel. Uh, I, I'm just an individual contributor. OK. All right. Good stuff. Well, we'll, we'll check it out. I just want to thank each and every one of you uh, uh, individually and collectively for your efforts. I, I appreciate you being here with us tonight and sharing your information. Thank you to everybody out there in the chat who has kept it comfy. And we have about 2,300 people here on Rumble and 335 likes. Please, please, everybody who's not watching on Roku, hit the like button. Even if you're on Roku, just open up the app and uh, and do me a favor. This will be a personal solid. Hit that like button. Uh, and then, of course, everybody over there on the foxhole thank you very much for hitting the red pill as well so i'll be gone tomorrow because it's sunday but i hope to see you guys monday at 5 p.m eastern for another episode of red pill news live until that time good luck god bless we'll see you on monday thank you
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.